I'm Tanner Olson, and this is the Walk a Little Slower podcast. Here we talk about hope and heaviness, creating and continuing, joy and sorrow, life and God, questions and answers, and everything in between. This is a podcast where you are invited to slow down, to lean in, to hold fast, and to eventually, to eventually keep going. Welcome. Welcome back to another episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast. I'm just happy to be here, and I am just happy that you are here as well. As always, thank you for joining me for another episode. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast or haven't yet left a rating or review, please go ahead, take a minute to do so. If you subscribe, well, you'll see all the episodes that come out every single Monday. And if you leave a rating and review, well, you'll just make me really happy. So go ahead do so. That would mean a lot. All right. On today's episode, I am joined by Kevin Sweeney. Kevin is an author and a speaker and a creative, and we recorded this episode back in March. So it's been a little while, but I'm excited for you to hear the conversation. Kevin, again, is an author, and he wrote a book titled The Joy of Letting Go, How One Thing Has the Power to Change Everything. And he says this about the book, The purpose of the joy of letting go is to show you that letting go is not simply one thing you do, but rather that which maintains the flow of everything you do. You can trust that every time you let go, you begin again. And every time you begin again, a part of you is born again. I really enjoyed this conversation with Kevin, and I think that you'll enjoy it as well. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Kevin Sweeney. Let's jump in. Kevin, when, when when someone asks you, what do you do? What do you tell them? Oof, man, I feel like that's changed quite a bit the past few years, you know, because mm. it was about, think about this. It was about right now, three years ago, we just all went into like this collective shutdown. Yeah. Not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing what was happening exactly, right? It was this unique collective experience we all had of uncertainty and disruption. And my personal i think what's fascinating about the past three years is everybody within that shared storm everybody was on a unique boat so Mm -hmm. we're in a shared storm but it affects us differently given where we are in the ocean what our boats like etc and for me is i went into the pandemic as the co-leader with my wife of a church that we planted i don't know eight years or so seven years before that Mm -hmm. and then by the time two years goes by i think or two or years i'm no longer the pastor of the church and we've shut it down i've entered into a new space of uncertainty and that liminal space where the old is no longer there but you're not fully in the new so it's been an interesting journey so i think that's that's why i say it's changed quite a bit so I'll tell right now on a, on a simple level, I'll tell people I'm a writer and I do this because that's what I've been focusing on. But really, <clears throat> I think what's helpful for clergy and pastors and leaders and for all of us as our roles change is even after giving about 10 years of my life to something so wholeheartedly is 
I didn't have any form of crisis or identity issues or resistance when it came to moving on. It doesn't mm -hmm. mean there wasn't grief because there is because yeah. it's loss and there's real letting go. But to me, I'm like the forms of our life can change, but the flow within our lives can stay the same. The structure can change, but the spirit within the substance of who we are and what we're giving can remain the same. Like, and for me, even leading a church, I thought, well, imagine, which was the name of our church, even while I was leading it, I would think, imagine is the primary vehicle through which the life of God flows through me hmm. for the sake of the world. And that vehicle will change one day. But the flow, the substance, the life, the grace, the energy, the compassion, the creativity, that's going to continue. So those forms are uncertain for, for me in the near future, although I'm starting to build towards some things. But to me, I'm like, oh, but the flow is I'm still I don't feel any differently than I did when it comes to the substance of who I am, which is cool to keep. That's it gives us the freedom to keep evolving and moving forward in our life because we're the same. There's there's an ever present river of awareness of God and there's an ever present throughness of us even as we evolve. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 a, to me it's a helpful and way to keep a, giving ourselves the permission to grow. Yeah, I like that a lot, uh especially kind of what you're you're saying is like I'm still Kevin. Like Absolutely. I'm still like not, you know, not my job doesn't define what I do. And we know that, but it's just like, no, I'm, I'm still Kevin, despite all the changes and the trials and in the pandemics and the, yeah. And, and the changes that you've gone through the transition, you come in on the other side and be like, well, still Kevin, just doing something Absolutely. a little bit different. And I think that's, and, I think that's yeah. a sure sign of like, this is, I know what my foundation is. I know who my foundation is, and that's not getting rocked. Although the way that mm. I'm living and moving on top of that foundation, I'm just mm. doing something different. Yeah. Exactly. So you were so you were a pastor. Pandemic mm. happens, change happens, transition takes place, and you kind of come out. I don't want to say on the other side, but as a writer, and so you've been mm. writing for the last couple of years, right? Yeah, I in uh, going into the pandemic, I had no intentions of writing at all. Mm. Writing, I'll tell you the truth. One of the things I'm proud of about the first book is not although i do love the book is not just writing the book it's mm -hmm. all of the years before writing the book i resisted the temptation and impulse of the ego to write a book for the sake of writing a book yeah well that person published first at 34 and tanner i didn't know who you were at the time but tanner <laughs> you know walk a little slower yeah. oh my gosh yeah. he's here there and i would just spend time on my lanai which in hawaii is you know, like a balcony for people who aren't here because I have a great view because I'm high up in a building and I would just say, well, that's that's not what we're doing right now. But if you want to get yeah. ahead, well, that's that's not what I'm trying to do right now. My ego is will contract a little bit, worry about those things. But if I in silence have distance from my ego, recognize that's just that little part of me that worries I'm not going to be special or they're going to be further mm. and I can return to the work that I'm doing. So I think I didn't have intentions of writing that, you know, and I resisted the urge to ever write a book just for the sake of doing it, you know, for a yeah. building a platform or creating a name for myself or whatever. And it doesn't always work like this and creativity doesn't always sound this romantic, but I will be honest about how this book came out. <laughs> I was up in the mountains here. I, li I live in Honolulu, so I'm on the mm -hmm. island of Oahu. 
it's like the gathering place like four-fifths of the population is all on this island so it's the most condensed like right where i am and i was in the mountains spending time in silence and i'm not joking it's like snap of a fingers a whole book just unfolded in my mind instantaneously and i was like that's a book i i think that's that's a book and I think there was space within my heart and imagination for that because 90% of the creative energy I've been giving to the world through the church was gone Mm. because the pandemic and and Hawaii was one of the most shut down states. So we even had way more restrictions. So I was like, I'm not harnessing, giving, pouring out in the way I have been. And that happened in my mind. I went home and for the next three to four months, I've never been so singularly focused on a project in my life and it was just a great experience and by the time that year ended i had you know fifty thousand ish words my first draft i even edited a couple times already and it just kept going and even that was that was the making of a mystic the second book the joy of letting go soon after when i was shopping the first one for for a publishing deal i just thought there's this book the joy of letting go that i've always thought about which is so clear to me. And I've never heard anybody say just beneath the surface of your life is always an invitation to let go. Virtually every time you feel stuck, angry, frustrated, resistant, after all of the anger and pity parties and, you know, yelling at God or displacing it on your friends and family, when you finally get quiet enough, there's probably just something really hard you have to accept, which means there's something you have to let go of. And then when you do that, you can begin again. That to me is happening everywhere all the times. And I was like, I, that's a whole book. And I just went into it. It was, I was in a good flow for a couple of years writing. Yeah. And, and that happens sometimes where you just get into this space where you feel extremely creative. You're willing to put something out, try something new. And you also have a little bit of space to do that as well. Exactly. I think that's one of the big things is like, could you have written this book while pastoring a church and probably not Neither. you know like I, it's it's hard I, I can't imagine leading a church shepherding a group of people and then being like oh i'm also going to write books on top of that like my mm-hmm. i don't have capacity for that i don't know how other people have capacity for that and so it sounds like what you're saying is like i had to not do one thing so i could do another thing um, and then the and then the words just kind of the words just came and you recently released man back in january right january you released joy the joy of letting go mm-hmm. right yeah i so i i started reading it and, and you write this early on in the book says i want to be clear that the purpose mm-hmm. of this book is to show you that letting go is not simply one thing we do but rather that which maintains the flow of everything we do Can you say mm-hmm. more about that yeah i mean that's what i started to get into and that's the real heart of the book is letting go is not one practice that's put alongside of all of the other practices Mm -hmm. in our life no letting go is that which allows every part of our life to maintain a sense of flow so that's why in the book it's it's broken down with chapters on like one chapters on compassion what does letting go have to do with compassion one chapters on being present what does letting go have to do with being present or working for justice or beginning again or just growing and evolving as a person Mm -hmm. all of these things require us to know to trust the process of letting go in order for not only for us to keep doing them well but for us to maintain our own sense of joy and peace along the way Mm. we wish we could just 
show up and work harder sometimes, but that isn't how it works. We have to do some letting go. We wish we could get to just get angrier at injustice and rage against the machine harder, but there's probably some form of letting go we need in some of those moments. We wish we could just show up and sing louder as for, for my mind-based people. We wish we could just figure it out mentally mm. and then it'll all click. No, there's probably some embodied form of letting go that's required along the way. And the, the invitation is like, no matter how much it sucks, no matter how painful it is, what we always discover on the other side of letting go is a new beginning. And I write in the book, every time you let go, you begin again. And every time you begin again, a part of you is born again. And that is not one thing we do sometimes when life's hard. It's a perpetual invitation just beneath the surface that allows everything to maintain a sense of flow in our lives. Yeah. It, and we can, we can let go because we're being held on to. Right? Mm. Like it's not just... We're letting go just to let go, but we let go and you kind of fall into that, that joy that the Lord gives you and you can rest in all of that. What was like for you, where did this book come out of? Cause I know when I write books, like when I wrote walk a little slower, I was like, well, that's something that I need to do. Like, I know that I need to like slow down, lean in, hold fast and eventually keep going. But for you writing this book, like where did all this, this come from? Hmm. I think one, even based on what I've already said is, you know, when you're a pastor, and I, and I don't just mean pastoring people in, with a formal role in a congregation. I mean, whenever you're present to people and you intentionally journey with people in their lives, people invite you into their life. They're angry, they're hurt, they're frustrated in these moments. They're struggling with this. There's resistance here. There's a sense of feeling stuck. All these moments that we all inevitably will go through. And the clarity of listening to a person and them thinking it's these five or six other things that are within their realm of control and expertise that they can just do harder or do faster. And they think it's those things. And I'm like, but the thing behind the thing behind the thing behind the thing over here is you're actually hurt about how this situation went and you're angry. And that anger four layers down is actually what's getting in the way. It's not these other things, it's this. And if you wanna go down there and deal with that anger, this is no longer the kind of energy of grinding, grasping and working energy. This is yielding, accepting, forgiving, letting go. This is surrendering control energy, not taking control energy. This is letting go, not gripping on. This is a whole different, that's those two different yeah. energies is why I think a lot of, the most high-powered, productive, you know, biohacking, most like crazy, like kind of let's just run a hundred miles a day and do more push-ups to get things better. I'm like, those mm -hmm. things can be helpful in some parts of our lives, but the grinding energy of like me doing a thousand push-ups doesn't help me face the wounds within and surrender to God in those. That's a whole different kind of energy, you know, and those are different things. So I think the book is you think it's that but it's actually this and it's really hard to hear because it's really painful to accept let go and forgive but that's the very thing that's going to open up everything you want so let's do that yeah i've been i've been reading through the book and it's just that that constant reminder of of you know letting go and everything's going to be okay 
right? You have to dig a little bit deeper. You have to go a little bit deeper with yourself so that you can kind of take those, those, those hopeful steps forward. And there is, I mean, there is joy in letting go. Like there, there really is. What did, what did, uh, what did writing this book teach you? Cause you write about a lot of different things. And I mean, you kind of just listed through, you know, like kind of what the chapters were like, there's peace requires letting go, being present requires letting go, creating requires letting go. Mm-hmm. Were there a couple of those that you were that you were writing about being like, oh, all right, I need to hear this one or this one's kind of hard for me to put in, into words? Yeah, well, I, I would say this. I'm going to say two things to that. One, writers, here's one thing I've recognized just looking at mm-hmm. other writers and looking at how I write. I could be wrong, but it feels and seems to me like a lot of people's primary energy of writing is writing about that which is just 50 yards ahead of them they're trying to get to. That's why they're always thinking about it, Mm. right? They're trying to, I'm trying to be more present. I'm trying to slow down. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to have more courage. I'm trying to be more brave. And that thing is constantly with me because that's the very barrier that's preventing me from becoming more of me. So my energy is overcoming that personally and creatively and that makes sense you know it really does because you're you're that's what you're brushing up against and grinding against and figuring out right now and i realize that's not my primary way of writing Mm. my primary and engine creatively is not that which is just ahead of me that i'm growing beyond although we always have those things mine is that which i have imperfectly but have actualize and realize and have become for myself in a lot of ways so mine's more that which has settled into my body and my heart and my mind as opposed to what i'm like going Mm. beyond right now it's just a different approach you know Mm -hmm. but with that said this book is when i'm doing these podcasts and i talk about big forms of letting go or small forms of letting go i'm just on the other side of a massive form of letting go in my life My wife and I took a huge risk moving back to Hawaii about 10 years ago. Personally, relationally, financially, geographically, we're taking this massive risk to respond to this curiosity and this sense of calling from the spirit to create this kind of a church. And it went great and you give your life and there's tears and loss and tragedy and beautiful things. That's how it goes. And now as I'm doing this, just it's, it was less than a year ago we had our last Sunday. Yeah. It was in May of last year. It's like, you know, 10, nine months or whatever. So the learning part for me is I'm top. This book comes out as I'm just past the edge of letting go. Not three years later when the pastor's like, hey, I once struggled too, guys. But guess what? You know, when I was 19. No, no. Yeah. I'm in, I'm, I am in the very space that is the reason most people avoid letting go and dying. Mm. Uncertainty, the death linger, death and winter linger longer in our souls than we wish they would. We're like, I let go one month later, I should be onto the new thing. It's like maybe 18 no. months. Yeah. You know, maybe you thought it was one month, maybe it's nine. Maybe you thought it was nine, maybe it's two years. Do so you actually get a sense of, oh, this is where the next thing's emerging. So I think for me, it's just funny that this book comes out and I didn't even plan it like that, to be honest. Mm. It's just, I'm, oh, every one of these chapters beginning again, evolving. I'm, I'm in that right now. 
and you can't rush the process. And I have trusted the letting go. And now I'm in that uncomfortable liminal space that lingers longer than all of us wanted to before the next real yes emerges mm. on the other side. So my learning is I'm in just doing it as I'm there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, like it is a, like letting go is a daily thing. You know, it's not just like, all right, I let go. I did it. Now what? No, it's like, oh. no, we got to let these things go over and over and over again. And, and my, my mind kind of thinks the same way of like, I need the constant reminders of what I already know that are true. Mm, right. Totally. Because sometimes I get so caught up in the change and the chaos and the, un you mentioned uncertainty. I think there's, a, I think a lot of people who are, who are listening to this podcast know uncertainty really, really well. So what would you say to those who are facing uncertainty head on? If you trust the death all the way through, it's always resurrection. Mm. If you trust the letting go all the way through, it always leads to joy. Now that idea of all the way through is crucial because sometimes we will let go, move on, die to something, start to enter into that new arena or field of uncertainty. And it's so challenging and so hard and so unsettling that a part of our ego will want to return to the old thing just for a false sense of security. And there's no judgment there. I, I understand that. You have to hold that space long enough. Like for me, when, when Imagine was ending, I just immediately and intuitively said to myself, I need 18 months. After about 10 years of leading, I just knew it. I said, I need 18 months to not do anything that's heavily people oriented because i'm much my wife and i were church planners and i'm a, i'm an enneagram five for people who know what that means yeah, yeah. i'm like the last person who ever wants to plant a church like yeah. i'm not that guy have you ever seen that video you're not that guy pal not i'm not guy. that guy <laughs> i'm not that guy it took all of my courage and trust in god to to do this because I'm not naturally like, let me be the point person who organizes things. Like I, that's really hard for me to be honest. And after a decade of that, almost, I'm like, I need 18 months to to be okay. I'm very, fra I can feel it. I'm, I'm fragile. I don't have. I'm not where I was at when I started. I have to go through my own process of healing, moving on to do this well. And the first year that was good. Last year, I gave myself the freedom to do that. And this from January till now, I can feel my energy starting to shift to building and creating again. So it's like, I no longer only need to rest, but I'm not fully in the next part. And it's, there's some hard parts here. I'm like, oh man, there's, there's times where I feel lonely because I'm yeah. not creating with others the way I did. There's times where no matter how much I trust resurrection and I do, no matter how much I trust, oh, every time I've walked to what felt like an edge, it became a bridge to my unexpected future. And that's happened every time in my life. I don't, when I'm here right now, before that happens, there's no guarantees. Mm. I don't know if the next thing's going to work. I don't know where this all goes from here. Right. So to me, it's our egos prefer familiar pain over uncertainty. And that is a fascinating thing. It's wild. We will choose familiar pain because even a familiar pain, a toxic relationship, a horrible work environment, a form of life that's just monotonous and sucks, even, even if it's painful, we'll choose that because we know how to manage it ourselves. 
mm-hmm. and we know how to control it. Oh, at 5 p.m. when they come home, they they're angry, they yell at this, but when the yelling's over, we recover and we like I know how to manage the the pain uncertainty. I can't manage it. I have to surrender. It's I have to trust. Mm-hmm. I have to accept. I have to trust somehow. God is not an abstract belief I have, but it is the very gravitational pull of grace pulling me into a future that I cannot see and cannot control, but I will keep moving forward to because there's this deep belief I have about that's how this universe works. So Mm. that to me is, what do you do? You just keep going. Yeah. And I think that thing about it too is like with letting go is like, you can't let go alone. Like you need other people around mm. you to kind of help mm. you through that. Now there are certain things where it's like I, I'm the only one who can let this go, but having that community of of people and believers around you to support you mm. as you journey through all that is uncertain and all that is unknown mm. is is helpful. On that in the book at all, but like I just don't think you know letting go is something that we have to do by ourselves. That mm. there's got to be um, the best form of accountability, just like this mm. honesty between others uh, that helps us. I mean, navigate these big things mm. and uncertainty is, is mm. certainly heavy. It certainly mm. is a heavy thing. Uh, okay. I want to kind of close. I want to ask you a little bit. I know I have a, a bunch of people who listen to this podcast who are also writers. And so as someone who's put out two books, what advice would you give to those who either want to be writers uh, or are kind of fumbling through the first book they're putting together? Just, Just do it. It was just, I just realized it's Nike saying, yes. <laughs> but as a person who, like I mentioned before, being a five on the Enneagram as a person who's primarily in my head and who wants to maintain a sense of safety by staying in their head, you know, Richard Rohr says this, I think he might get it from Henry now and originally, but either way, it's the same perennial tradition, you know, where they both say, I think. You don't think yourself into new ways of living. You live yourself into new ways of thinking. Hmm. I mean, so much growth and wisdom is embodied. You don't figure it out in your mind, then do it. You incarnate it and then make sense along the way. You just, so as a person who's had many creative barriers in their life towards courageously putting myself out there, eventually it's like, you just have to write Hmm. and keep writing. Right. You way I, this is, this is like autobiographical for people like me. It's like, well, I just got to do one more workshop and then I can write it. You know, I just got to, no, I got one more pod. I got I can't sit down until I listen to that podcast. It's That could be unconscious avoidance of that, which is yours to do, which is to keep creating. And so mm-hmm. it's very simple, but you just eventually have to just do it. And also for me, Find your own bio rhythms of when and how you create the best. Mine mm. is early in the morning till about 11. After that, I'm done. Yep. Maybe at I nighttime, I'll go back and do some editing and writing. It's more like editing, not so much creating. Oh, I can fix some stuff. Yeah. And to me, that's a job. Like I will sit down. I'm like from sick, depending on my schedule, in the pandemic, it was like starting at 645 because it was just a crazy time. I had kids in a small apartment, et cetera. But it was like, oh, from 645 till 1015. That's the only time I have to write today. Because after that, I'm in kid mode and I'm in whatever else mode. Yeah. I'm going to have to sit down and do that. You have to sit down. That's why mm-hmm. in the War of Art, you know, by Stephen Pressfield, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the greatest enemy to creativity is resistance, right? The hard part about about writing is not writing, it's sitting down to write. 
sit down, no. put whatever ambient music on, look at your page and be like, I'm right. I'm, I'm here. Yeah. And I have three hours to do this. That's it. Like to me, as a person, I think people would hear and think he's so free flowing. This guy has no structure. This guy is just whatever. He's in Hawaii surfing and I do and my whole family, we all surf. But it's like, man, creatively, I am actually very, very boundaried and very like, mm. this is my time and I'm going to do this yeah. every single day. And that's how yeah. it works. So just do it, yeah. find the right places. You're like that slot. I'm doing that for the next three months. I'm doing that. Nothing. I'm, I'm, I have to. That's yeah, what I would I, say. I like that. Cause you also have to like know yourself well enough to know, like you said, like I write in the mornings, like that's when I do it. It's so like, know your rhythms, know yourself, figure that out and then lean fully into that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. Mm -hmm. All right. Kevin, I want to close with a game called Finish the Sentence. There's about uh, five five of these. Um, do you have any questions about the game? It's very intense. We're going to do five. If we can, my, my request is we'll do five. And then on the spot, you just come up with one more for me after, after what we talked about. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Ready? All right. The first yeah. one is the perfect breakfast is. Oh, the same smoothie I make every morning. Coffee, acai, peanut butter, and uh, some uh, plant-based protein powder. That's what I have every morning. Every morning, as long as, we, right. as long as long as we're stocked up from Costco, which we're not right now. So I'm struggling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. All right. Here, here's what I know about heaven. The closest thing is when we're awake right now. Hmm. Tomorrow when I wake up, I'll. Right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After the smoothie or before before the smoothie? After the smoothie? Oh, no. After. No, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Smoothie. Kids. You know, preschool. Kids are off. Yeah. yeah. Smoothie. Um, chill for a sec. Um, a lot of the time, spend time in silence. Then I write. Yeah. yeah. That's the morning. That's. If I if I if I do it right, that's kind of how it goes too. If, if I don't just sit down and write right away, there's there's like a there's a pause, there's a prayer, mm. there's a moment mm. to just like, mm. all right, dude, you're gonna do this thing. It's gonna go really well. Mm. You're gonna mess it up. Mm. That's gonna be okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know much, but I know for certain that that somehow we're all gonna be okay. Yep. I trust that. <laughs> fifth one, not the final one, but the fifth one. Mm. I would tell my eighth grade self that. You got this. So I'd yeah. say you got this. Every Everything that you face and every big decision you have to make, which your biggest ones are going to happen at a really young age, mm. you know. Whatever you think you know, you do know. That's good. Mm. All right. And the sixth and final one on the spot. The joy of letting go is. One of the re realest things about what it means to be human. After the oh, letting go, it's always joy. I thought you were going to say is a really great book that you should get on Amazon right now. And on a, <laughs> on a more grounded, practical level is, uh, is my second book that is available on Amazon.com that I think 
You should all go out and buy immediately after this episode or else Tanner will have some un, some negative consequences for you. That's up to him, though. <laughs> that I'll have to let go of. <laughs> <laughs> you will want those. That It will yeah. arise within your consciousness and then you will gain distance from it, recognize it, name it for what it is, let go of it. And then you're going to go back to a moment of peace because you don't need to do it. I feel like I just heard the book in like three sentences right there. That's really good. Kevin, thank you so much for joining uh, the podcast. I know it took us a long time to get this episode scheduled. The book came out months ago, but uh, I'm enjoying reading through it. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to have links in the show notes to your socials and the book itself. So, mm. hey, man, appreciate you. Really nice to meet you. Thank you. For yeah, being no, here. I appreciate it. I don't. I don't take these opportunities for granted and for the energy it takes to even go back and forth. So, you know, for you, man, thank you so much for taking the time and for the people listening in. I'm grateful to be able to have this moment with you. And uh, the book is good news and bad news. The bad news is, is oftentimes the path forward is acceptance and letting go. The good news is, is there's always joy and new life on the other side of that. So, yeah, I love go, it. Go, go get that. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, man. All right, man. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much to Kevin for joining me for this episode. Kevin, if you're listening to this, I am really sorry it took so long for me to release it. Ugh. But for those who are listening, if you'd like to get a copy of Kevin's book, The Joy of Letting Go, check out the show notes. There's a link directly to Amazon from there. Special thanks to my friend Matt Daring for creating the music for this podcast. Go ahead, visit writtentospeak.com. You can check out the latest blog, shop on the shop, grab some books, or you can book me for an upcoming event. And always, if you just want to say hello, do so from writtentospeak.com. It's been so wonderful to get to know so many of you through this podcast and through emailing. So I really do love and look forward to all of your messages. Lastly, if you'd like to support this podcast and my work, this ministry, go ahead, visit patreon.com slash written to speak to become a patron. Your monthly donations allow me to spread hope and announce love through written, written word and spoken word as well. All right. I'm fumbling over my words, which means it's time for me to go drink some water and stop drinking coffee. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. I will be back next week with another episode of the Walk a Little Slower podcast. Mm -hmm.